Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. This is Danielle with Bestie Life, the podcast, and today I am so excited for you to hear from Julie Lowe. She is an author, and I can't wait for her to share about her book coming out. She's a speaker, a certified high-performance coach as well, and she uses neuroscience-backed practices to teach ambitious professionals how to prioritize their mindset, health, and relationships without sacrificing the quality of their work. And I'm excited for you to share all the hows and whys and everything. So thank you so much, Julie, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So if you could share a little bit of your background, your journey, as far as like what brought you here, what led you to writing a book and speaking about this topic. Yeah, you know, I'm somebody that has really struggled with anxiety most of my life. And um, it really kind of came to a head in 2020 with the pandemic, like it did for a lot of people where my stress, my anxiety got to sort of a tipping point. And I was working super long hours and really burning myself out. And I thought, you know what? There's got to be a better way. Somebody has figured this out before me. Like, what do I need to do to get my stress and my anxiety under control, even in crazy circumstances, even with the world seemingly falling apart in 2020? So I really kind of dove into certification programs and learning about neuroscience and really trying to dig in and figure out like, what does it take? And at the time, I really thought it was just a mindset issue. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, stress, anxiety, it's, it's all in your head and you just got to think better thoughts and, and get a better handle on your, your mindset. So that's where I started. I actually took the massive nine-month coaching certification program thinking like, okay, like the coaches must have it figured out. Like, let me see what they say about mindset. And, and really, that's kind of how I got into it, not necessarily intending to be a coach originally. Ended up falling in love with coaching and becoming a coach, but it also led me down the path to figuring out, well, what does it take to get your mindset under control, but also holistically handle your stress, handle your anxiety, uh, whether you have extreme anxiety or just everyday stressors, like what I think we all have, um, and how do you really figure out this quote unquote, work-life balance and live in a way that if you're an ambitious person and it's important to you to be great at what you do, how do you balance that with actually living your life, taking care of yourself, nurturing your relationships? Like, how do you do all that? And what I've learned since 2020, since I really went deep on this journey is really all kind of culminated in my book that you mentioned that's coming out in a few months called A Few Good Habits. And that's really what I share there and would love 
to share with you all today. Yeah. And you and I, I think we speak the same language. We're still aligned, which is why I was so excited to have you as a guest, because I think it's not just one thing. I think a lot of people initially go in like, if I eliminate this, or if I take this out of my life, or if I stop doing this, that'll make my stress go away. And it, it's not always practical or feasible. And definitely we look at it from the kind of same cloth of, like you talk about habits, you talk about mindset. It's this combination and you're going to find what works best for you to find that workflow balance harmony, flow, whatever term people use, because I know there's a variety of ways people want to approach it, but it's all about living a life that feels good. That at the end of the day, you're like, okay, that didn't totally suck. I don't hate my life. I'm not exhausted. And I had some fun and I took care of myself along the way. Yeah. And it does have to be this holistic approach. It was funny. Like as I started learning more and more, you know, I would have these moments of like, ah, this is the thing. No, this is the thing. No, it's this. And I really come to, you know, realize that, like you said, it's not just one thing. It's a holistic approach. It is working on our mindset, but it's also taking care of our bodies because stress starts in our body first. And, you know, if we're walking around just trying to figure out our mindset, just working on the thoughts in our head, but completely ignoring the fact that we're a whole human and not just a head, you know, we're ignoring so much, such a big component of not only what makes us us, but also what's going to help us show up better, feel better and live a better life. Um, so it really is taking that holistic approach and it doesn't have to be complicated. That's the other thing is that we try to make this so complicated because it feels like such a big, heavy issue mm-hmm. and we're smart and we think like, well, I would have figured it out by now if it was something simple. <laughs> so we think we need some complicated yeah. plan or some fancy system, but we don't. I really believe we just need to get back to basic common sense practices and self-care first and foremost. Well, and that's the thing. I think with self-care, you know, a lot of people, it makes sense when you hear it. It sounds like common sense. It sounds like intuitive things that we should just know how to do, but that's not necessarily the case. It's a, it's, it's a little more nuanced than that. And that's part of, you know, what I help people understand is it's not that you're doing it wrong. It's just that we've never been taught how to do it. And we have to approach it the same way we approach anything new, that even though it sounds great, we've listened to a podcast, we read a book, we go to a workshop, when it comes to applying it in our day-to-day life, it is going to be these micro moments. It's going to be these smaller pieces that really come into play when it's about creating these new systems and habits to help automate and make these things happen on a consistent regular basis. You and I were just talking off camera before we got started that I lost my mouth and it sounds like the most trivial thing, but that's part of one of those habits that I keep reaching for. That's part of what makes showing up on my computer a little bit easier. Those are some of just those automatic things in our brain that once it's in place, it feels like, oh, of course, but once it's out of alignment, once it's missing, that's where you feel it. And I think that's how self-care can be, you know, when we automate any of these habits, it's about making them so we don't even think about them because then we recognize when they're gone, what a pivotal role these small, simple acts and changes can play in our bigger life. And I know that's a, an odd example, but <laughs> I think it ties in. It's so true. And to touch on something you said there, when you're a high achiever, when you're an ambitious person and you really take your work seriously, you show up with intention and you know, if you want to get a result, you're going to have to put something into it, right? You're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to kind of get some reps in and you're going to show up very intentionally. If you had something in your business 
or in your job that you wanted a result to come from it, you wouldn't just think like, well, I'm smart and I'm good at what I do. Like, it'll just happen. It's not just going to magically happen. I think we need to bring that same intention to our personal lives. Yeah. That same intention to our self-care. Because even though something is basic, like sleep routines or getting regular exercise, if we don't come at it in an intentional way, it's not going to give us the results that we want. We have to bring that same, you know, that same intention that we have in our work to our personal lives and our self-care. Yeah. And that priority, the same priority we give our business, the same priority we give other things, as well as I believe too, just the intention alone can make a difference. So that intention, even if it's a a five-minute intention is more massive than an hour of like haphazardly trying to approach. Absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same page for sure. (laughs) And so just to share a little bit from your own personal standpoint, like how do you uh, apply this in your day-to-day life? What are some of the practices that, you know, kind of practice what you preach, you know, in and how do you show up in that way? Yeah, I mean, the number one thing for me to just show up with overall better, not only physical health, but mental health is daily exercise. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, was somebody that I really kind of struggled to fit that into my day and prioritize it. I always kind of thought of exercise as like, well, it's if you, if you want to be fit, if you want to you know, lose weight or something like that. But whenever I really kind of got the understanding that exercise is the number one thing that you can do to regulate your nervous system and really help with your stress levels that's when I really kind of bought into like, okay, I have to be very intentional about getting daily movement and an actual workout in to help with my mental health. And I notice it. I really feel it if I miss that. So I've had a problem with my foot this past year. I had surgery on my foot last year and I'm still rehabbing it. And the past two months I was told stay off of it and don't exercise. That was so hard for me. And so I was good because I really need my foot to get better. And I didn't do any intense workouts. But literally just yesterday, I messaged the the person I've been working with. And I was like, look, you have got to give me something to do that is not going to hurt my foot, but that is going to burn off some of the the cortisol and the adrenaline because I've got a lot going on right now. You know, my book is, is really coming uh, to a head and it's going to be out soon. I'm doing a lot of new work and up leveling. And when you do that, your stress goes up. And if you're not being really intentional about doing something every day to reduce those stress levels and burn that off, you're going to feel it. And I was feeling it this week. The good news is there are things that you can do outside of a like a high intensity workout. It's one of the best things you can do because you need to get your heart rate up. Um, and it doesn't have to be long. It can be like five minutes. That's one thing that a lot of busy people tell me. It's like, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time for an hour-long workout. Even just five minutes. And like a higher... Out on YouTube. Like, yes, there's so many. I'm drenched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you, yeah, you really feel it. And there are so many studies that say even a two-minute intense workout can have longer term, bigger health impacts and really help you live a longer, healthier life. Um, And you're going to feel it in the reduction in stress levels. So, you know, do that intense workout if you can. If you can't, you know, like me where I had to keep my my weight off of my foot, you know, there are still things that you can do uh, to really get that heart rate up and feel the effects. Right. And I love two things that you were saying during that. Um, One is, you know, part of how I talk about balance, the ability to adapt and pivot are two key pieces when it comes to balance because it's about having that grace and that flexibility that it's life's going to happen it can't
can't always look a certain way. And once you learn how to adapt and pivot and, like you said, you know, find other ways to move, find other things to do is how you can then still feel like you're in alignment, still feel like you're finding that goal. So I love how you touch on that point. And the other part is when it comes to stress, and you talked about some of the things that were stressing you out, and one of them being your book, but that's an exciting thing. That's something good. And I don't think we always see stress as coming from some of those positive things, whether it's a vacation we're looking forward to, people planning weddings, a new job, you know, exciting, fun, good things can also still contribute to our stress levels. I think they say buying a home and getting married are the two most stressful events in a person's life sometimes. And to recognize that those can be some sources of stress because I think we all only focus on the negative and forget that positive things we still need to create space and allow room for stress too. Absolutely. And even if you're doing, you know, you feel like I've done my work, right? I've, I've worked on my mindset. I, you know, I'm good. <laughs> it's not a one and done thing. Mm-hmm. And when you do new things, when you do big things, your stuff is going to come up, your, your, you know, quote unquote, mindset problems are going to come up. And it's just overall going to raise those stress levels. So was, there is such a thing as good stress, they call it eustress, but it is still stress, right? And your body is still experiencing it as stress. So yeah, it's such a good point that you really do have to remember that good or bad, we're always going to have stress in our lives. And we're probably going to have some level of stress every day. So that's why these habits are so important that we do them on a regular basis. They're because we do them regularly. We don't do them just one time. It's like brushing your teeth. You can't just brush your teeth one time and then call it, call it good, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to do these things on a regular basis. And if you do that, if you stay consistent, even though they seem like little things, they add up and they really have a big ripple effect in your life um, and really can have far reaching effects that you might underestimate when you hear something like, oh, but it's just a workout. Is it really going to help? Or, is, you know, it's just getting an extra hour of sleep. Is it really going to help? Yes, it really does. Like, it really does have that big of an impact. I heard someone say once when, you know, they talk about filling your own cup, it doesn't always have to be a pour. A drop will fill it up as well. And so consistent drips are just as powerful as that pour. Absolutely. I love that. I've not heard that drip metaphor, but that's, that's I so I can't remember who said it, but I, I, I do love it because it's a great, again, way to rethink something. Yeah. Um, John Apep, he says, spare change adds up. And I love that too, right? Because when you think about, you know, if you had a change jar growing up, we did. Um, you know, if you throw a little bit of change in, even if it's a penny here or there, it adds up over time. These keystone habits, these uh, high impact habits that I talk about in the book, they are things that are all going to add up. And while they may seem like seemingly small things that you work into your day, they add up, they compound over time. And then they really are going to give you more kind of bang for your buck because they are those, those keystone habits. Right. So the book is A Few Good Habits. It's coming out the beginning of October, not quite my birthday on the third, but I think you said the fifth is when it's coming out. So, but let's, I think, you know, to share a little bit more about the book, where can people find it? I think that you shared a little bit of information my guests, my listeners are going to get, right? Yeah. So right now, if you, if you go to my site before it's available, you can actually get the first chapter for free. Um, And then you'll also be on my email list and I can let you know exactly when the book comes out and where to get it. It'll be available on Amazon first and then in retail stores. Uh, But yeah, the beginning of October, it'll be on Amazon. And uh, right now you can read the first chapter. for. And and just to share with my listeners a little bit, like, does the book cover how to create habits, mistakes with habits? Like what are, what's just, what's in store? 
Yeah, for sure. So I start off the book by really kind of debunking some myths that we're all pretty familiar with in the personal development space, because one of the things that led me to writing the book was I got really tired of hearing this advice that was just not practical, mm-hmm. or it's just plain wrong. Uh, you know, one of the myths I debunk is really around using willpower. Um, I have a chapter called Willpower Won't Keep You From Eating the Thin Mints, because <laughs> we try to rely on things like willpower and motivation and just gritting through. Um, and I think there's just, it's just the wrong approach. So I really kind of start off the book by debunking some things that you probably think are going to help you create good habits that just are really not the right approach. And then I cover the habits themselves and really kind of dig into why does it matter? Because I think if you don't really get it on a level where it means something to you, you're not going to take action on it. If it's just like, Ah, exercise more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. I know it's good for you. But if you don't understand the impact that it's going to have in a way that's really relevant to you, you're not going to take action. Mm -hmm. I reveal the four good habits. And then I have the entire third section of the book is focused on how do you make them happen? Because maybe you've bought in, you're like, okay, I'm sold. These are the habits I want to put in place. But how? And so I really share some tips on how do you get started and how do you really stay consistent so that it's not something you get started on and you're excited about it for a week and then you let it fall by the wayside. So I really kind of cover the gamut of what to focus on, why, and then how to make it happen. Because the other thing that I really came up against when I was studying habits for the past few years is I would learn some really cool stuff, but then I would feel either overwhelmed because they wanted me to do 20 different things. (laughs) And I was like, I can't do that. It's too much. And I didn't know where to get started. So then I just wouldn't start at all. So that's part of why I wanted to really hone in on just four high impact habits. And then I also wanted to make sure that people knew not only what to focus on, but how to get started. And starting small is a really good uh, a good thing, because if you try to do too much, if you try to overhaul your entire life at once, you're really kind of setting yourself up for failure. And I've definitely been there when I was like, okay, I'm going to clean my diet and I want to exercise an hour every single day. And I'm going to you know, go to bed earlier. And I'm going to write like, if you try to do all the things you might, if you really are gritty about it, you might hold up for a couple of weeks, but it's going to fall for the wayside. Um, so I just really wanted to set people up with a plan that's super clear, super actionable and easy to do, even if you're a super busy person. Oh, that all sounds fantastic. And definitely the links will be in the show notes. So to get onto Julie's mail list, read that first chapter, because I truly also believe in, in the power of habits and starting small. And, you know, I think any tools that we have available to kind of help reinforce the things we hear, to hear it from a different perspective are so powerful. So thank you so much, Julie, for sharing that. Um, so one of the other things I always love to ask about is gratitude, because I think that's a really underestimated part of our self-care, part of the way we take care of ourselves. And so what would you say are some of the things that you're the most grateful for? One thing I'm super grateful right now for is the support system that I have in my life. I think it's so important to surround yourself with people that can, number one, cheer you on, and number two, keep you accountable. And um, also, I always make sure I have experts in my life that can guide me to make things simpler. You know, I have worked with a book coach to help the book process be easier. And, you know, a lot of times you hear about writing a book being super stressful. Honestly, the book writing process was like, 
actually very joyful for me and felt almost easy um, because I had that support and I had that structure. Um, and then really seeing my friends and my family kind of rallying around me on that has been amazing. You know, I just got the the galley copy, the proof copy of the book yesterday, and everybody's been so supportive. So it just really matters that you take the time to nurture those relationships and have that support system in place. And I think sometimes when we're super busy, unfortunately, relationships are the thing that tend to slide. You know, we think, well, my work can't slide. I've got to do a good job for the people that are, you know, hiring me or paying me or whatever. And so we really tend to, even if, you know, it's not a conscious choice, or even if we know like, okay, my family's important, my friends are important. We tend to prioritize the work, especially for a high achiever, because we think like, well, my family loves me. They'll forgive me if I'm a little busy right now, or if I'm a little snippy because I'm stressed. But we really have to prioritize our health and our relationships equally to our work. It doesn't have to look like a a 50-50 split, but we really have to bring that intention to our relationships because I don't believe that you're really a high performer if you're super successful, but you're burned out and you wreck your relationships. Um, So really focusing on those relationships. I love it. No, it's, it's definitely something that I believe as well. And I think, you know, I'm so excited to get a copy of your book for when it comes out and to get to see everything that, you know, we can help share because ultimately I think whatever somebody can take away to start to make that difference in their life is going to be the the, the main, you know, the whole benefit. That's the whole point. Absolutely. And like I said, it, it trickles down. Like, so it may seem like something um, small or not related to where you're trying to excel in your career, for example, but it all spreads out and everything kind of adds up and impacts one another. So yeah, just those small steps, they really can add up. So awesome, Julie. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today and for sharing everything with my listeners. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love. Alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger. As well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.